We are looking today at the last piece of spiritual armor the Lord gives us in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, there are six pieces of the spiritual armor that Paul talks about as he thinks about our spiritual enemies, the forces of evil that are against us. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, he says, but against these spiritual forces of darkness. And therefore, we, we need a special armor to protect ourselves and to give us a, a victory over these forces. So six pieces of armor have already been mentioned. Uh, we come now to the final one in verse 17 when he says this, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so the last piece is the sword of the Spirit. It, it's been observed by many that this is the only offensive piece of armor given. All the rest are defensive. Uh, the breastplate, for example, and the, the helmet of salvation, and uh, so forth. These are, these are for our protection against the, uh, the onslaughts of the enemy, and they keep us from being uh, destroyed by them. But the sword of the Spirit uh, then would have a kind of a dual role. It does protect us from the, the thrust of the devil, the, the uh, attacks of the devil, but it also is offensive in the sense that it, uh, it gives victory as well. It, it can be an, an attack weapon. So he says the sword of the Spirit. We need to take it up. And it's also described here as the Word of God. Uh, most believe this is speaking then of the revelation of God, the Scriptures themselves, that do provide us with protection and also with other things. The Word of God in Scripture is the means by which we are transformed. It's a, it's a means by which our minds are renewed so that we can become the kind of people God wants us to become. Uh, the Word of God provides us with everything we need for life and godliness through Jesus Christ. It provides us and it's profitable for, for training and for righteousness and, and teaching and so forth. All this is through the Word of God. But let, let us not forget it's also a defensive weapon. It's a means by which we are able to defeat those enemies that are after us to destroy us, which is the context of this particular passage. So I thought we'd, we'd go back today to the book of Luke and look at chapter 4 when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness as his... Uh, public ministry is being initiated. As the devil comes to him and tempts him in the wilderness, uh, Jesus each times, uh, three different times, uh, Jesus uh, st stops these attacks by the devil through the means of the Word of God. Now keep this in mind. This is the incarnate Son of God. Uh, Jesus Christ, God, the God-man, uh, and yet he turns to the Bible to the Word of God to protect himself and to defeat the devil. For example, when it says in verse 3, the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And what did Jesus do? He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He goes to the Scriptures. It is written. Uh, on down in verse 7, uh, actually verse 6, the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, talking about the kingdoms of the earth, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. And what did Jesus do? He answered and said, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, he turns to Scripture. And he uh, parries these thrusts of Satan's uh, weapons against him by going to the Word of God. It is written. And then finally, verse 9, And he led him to Jerusalem. And had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, notice the doubt on Satan's mind. He's trying to cause Jesus to doubt even who he was. 
If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. And what does Jesus do? Again, verse 10, for it is written, about, I'm sorry, Satan actually uses Scripture here to try to trick Jesus. He says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against this stone. And what does Jesus do? Uh, Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And so Jesus corrected Satan's misuse of Scripture, which he loves to do, with the accurate understanding of the Word of God. Three times, Jesus parries the thrust of the devil by going to the Scriptures themselves. It is written. And what does the devil do? In verse 13, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. He fled away. He left. This is exactly what the three passages we've seen uh, in 1 Peter 5 and James 4 and Ephesians chapter 6 tells us will happen if we resist the devil, he will flee from you. He does the exact same thing to, to Jesus that he will do to you. You resist through the armor of God and he will flee. And it says he left him for an into an opportune time. We need to remember this. He'll be back. He's not going to give up. He'll, he'll flee for a time, but he'll be back. How do we resist him next time? In the exact same way, and he will flee again. That ought to give us a wonderful day of the Lord. We'll see you next time.